Hi, and welcome to this BJSM podcast. And we're going to be speaking with Mike Loosemore. And Mike's the Chief Medical Officer for the Commonwealth Games that are coming up in Glasgow in July 2014. He's actually the Associate Dean of the London Deanery. And what that means is he's responsible for training the future specialist sports medicine doctors in London. And he's a great advocate for exercise medicine. And that's what we're going to be talking about today. Last year, he ran a very successful day at the Royal Society of Medicine in London in June. But uh, this podcast has broad implications. So listen, and we'll hear from Mike Loosemore. Welcome, Mike. Uh, hi, Kieran. How are you? I'm well, thanks. I'm looking forward to hearing because there was a lot of buzz about your conference last year. And I know you're running another one in June of this year about exercise medicine. It'll be in London. But uh, just tell us a couple of highlights from last year first. Who did you have? Okay, well, last year was a, a great conference and we were able to get some really excellent speakers together. And some of the highlights were perhaps uh, surprising. Obviously, Stephen Blair, uh, who came over and talked about the difference between being fat and being fit, uh, was well received. But there was some surprises. We had uh, David Pension, who's from NHS Sustainability who talked, about, talked about the sustainability of the health service uh, with the crisis that we're going to with lack of physical activity. And that was extremely interesting, uh, not only in the UK, but throughout the world and his experiences in different countries, including China. Uh, that, was, that was really quite startling what he had to say. Uh, we and had what to, was one highlight of what he had to say? Uh, that the, the increase in... Uh, inactivity and obesity in China is increasing a rate which is commensurate with their economic development. It's quite extraordinary. And what will that lead to? Uh, that will lead to uh, the Chinese, unfortunately, although they, they're getting a Western way of life, it'll mean them also getting a Western way of death, which is leading to an, a huge increase in non-communicable diseases, uh, heart disease, uh, cancer, strokes, etc. All the illnesses that are associated uh, with a lack of physical activity. And other experts in the highlight? Yeah, it's great. We had uh, William Bird, who's uh, a, a local expert on exercise medicine, who gave a, a great talk on developments that he's doing in the community and the work that he's uh, doing trying to get uh, the whole community involved in increasing their physical activity. This included putting a box on lampposts and getting people to sign into those boxes and trying to do a million steps uh, it was a, a great project so the community would get together and all of them would try and uh, get a million steps done and he's had some uh, other innovative uh, ideas and in how to increase exercise in the local community and that that was that was really very interesting we were also lucky enough to get uh, Richard Caborn the ex-sports minister who s helped set up uh, the faculty of sports and exercise medicine to talk about the way he hopes to see uh, sports and exercise medicine develop but particularly along the exercise medicine side and as a, a politician he could see very clearly the value in increasing physical activity within the population uh, he talked about uh, a century of labor-saving devices now giving way to uh, a population that doesn't do any physical activity and the, and the need to increase that quite considerably we also, on the political so, front, had uh, Mike Farrar, who came and talked to us, who's uh, Chief Executive for the NHS Confederation, a national czar for sport and health in the UK. And he again showed us clearly that there was a, a the political consensus behind the idea of increasing exercise within the population. So it sounds like you're getting political stakeholders at the table, as well as content experts like Steve Blair. 
which is great. Do you feel optimistic that the tide is turning? I am, I am optimistic that the tide is turning. I think there's a clear view from politicians now that physical activity is extremely important in the health of the population, not only to get the population fitter and reduce the effects of chronic non-communicable diseases, uh, but also the, the huge cost it is to the health service in treating these uh, diseases. Uh, I was speaking to an expert in liver disease, which you may not think has anything to do with not being physically active, but he was saying that the, the greatest number of liver failures he's seeing now and cirrhosis is purely from people who are uh, obese and overweight. Wow. Well, that really is an is a extension of the benefits of physical activity or body systems. We know it affects the brain. So let's move on to this year, Mike. Uh, just tell us the dates first and people can start to plan. Okay, the dates are on uh, June the 20th and 21st. That's a Friday and Saturday. And we've probably done that in the wrong order because really why should people go is the first question. Yeah. What have you got on offer this year? Okay, well, why people should go uh, to our conference this year is that we are continuing with the very high standard of speakers. Uh, we have speakers from all over the world, hopefully who have very key notes to talk about. And again, we're going to try to cover different areas, but all to do with uh, physical activity. So the first uh, session is going to be on epigenetics. Uh, epigenetics is clearly a very hot topic at the moment uh, and appears to be able to give us some explanations about why uh, physical activity actually improves health. We're going to get the Swedish group over from Malmo who have been doing some excellent work in elucidating the epigenetics of the insulin receptor and showing clearly that physical activity uh, increases the sensitivity of the insulin receptor which helps to explain why increasing physical activity will help and possibly be a mainstay in treating type 2 diabetes. And it's Fascinating, Mike, and when we get mechanisms, it, it really helps to make the argument powerful. And the health lobby had a big traction against the smoking companies once they showed what the mechanisms were of cigarette smoking causing cancer. And if we can show the mechanisms where exercise promotes health, reduces type 2 diabetes, that would be fantastic. So that would be a great chat. And what else do you have on the epigenetics front? Well, again, on the cancer theme, uh, we have a group coming up to talk about uh, the epigenetics of breast cancer and the very clear association of uh, physical activity changing the epigenetics of breast cancer. And this may explain why physical activity is effective in reducing the secondary appearance of breast cancer as tamoxifen. So this is very exciting stuff and once the mechanism is explained doctors are much happier to prescribe exercise as a treatment for diseases. Just between us, like none of the listeners will hear this, but uh, can you just remind me what epigenetics actually is? If someone's too, if I'm too shy to mention it in public, not that I would be, um, what is epigenetics? I'm glad you've asked that because we also have a speaker coming who will explain epigenetics uh, very well and very clearly to the audience who don't quite understand it before the speakers become to talk to us about the more complex uh, issues of epigenetics. Just to basically, DNA as such can be switched on and off by receptors that lie alongside the DNA, and these are the epigenes. There is good evidence that exercise can turn these genes on and off. And Mike, you've got a technology section in the meeting. I'm fascinated about that, and BJSM has been trying to pick up on some of these advances. Yes, technology is, 
is clearly really important now uh, from apps uh, which can monitor where you are using GPS and also the movements you make using the tri accelerometer that's actually in the phone itself which is very sensitive to movement and as well as these apps which can help encourage you to uh, improve and increase your exercise we're also looking at ways of connecting with people to give them information uh, so that they can uh, be encouraged to change their behavior uh, and increase their physical activity the other thing that's interesting with technology is uh, groups that can get together on the internet and give opinions on different aspects of physical activity. So a good example of this was a group in the States uh, who were being treated for depression and they were all asked what they felt was the most pleasant thing to do for their depression and the most effective thing to do. So it's a, a grid of four quarters uh, least pleasurable and least effective and then at the other end at the opposite quarter would be most pleasurable and most effective and there was only one thing in the most pleasurable and most effective and that was exercise interestingly in the least pleasurable and least effective quarter was uh, all the antidepressant medications so I think technology has a role to play at all sorts of different levels for people and because people now are so uh, attached to their technology I think this is a really important section and something that we should be using to its utmost. And with your role in education, I'm sure you're going to bring in some things. Uh, do you think medical students and doctors are well educated on exercise benefits? Yeah, we've, we've had a real concern about the amount of uh, education on increasing physical activity, not just uh, in the UK but, but worldwide. Considering that exercise and physical activity is so important uh, for the general health of the population, it's incredible how little of it is, is taught on the undergraduate curriculum. So there's been some really good work done by colleagues in the UK trying to increase the amount of physical activity on the undergraduate medical student programme. And I think this is reflected in the, the number of student societies now that are springing up advocating exercise medicine. And the number of student societies that I'm asked to speak at now is, is mushrooming. So clearly the students feel that this is important. We just need to try to get it into the undergraduate curriculum now. And there's a student blog on the BJSM uh, which Liam West organised before he became a doctor and just remind listeners that BJSM blog is something you can make suggestions to and contribute to. It's a very open forum as well. So that's encouraging Mike, this grassroots efforts by medical students and I've noticed that myself, I, I agree. And the registrars and the GPs, what about GP education? Is that going well? GP education, uh, there is, there is a, a, again, in general practice, a recognition that physical activity is uh, effective. There is a certain feeling about preaching to the converted sometimes, and it would be great if we could put the physical activity into the GP education. Uh, again, it's, it's greatly lacking there at the moment. And, of course, GPs should be the, the big advocate for physical activity for, for all their patients. And to have some practical tips, because the argument is that GPs are busy and it's tough to add that on to an otherwise busy schedule. No, GPs, GPs are busy. And, but it's, it's, just reminding, it's just reminding the patients that physical activity is a good and important thing. The same as GPs remind their patients that smoking is a bad thing. And once the 
patients hear it frequently enough from enough different doctors, it will get into their consciousness that they should be doing a little bit more exercise. So when they come to the choice of doing a little bit more exercise or not doing a little bit more, hopefully it will push them to, do, to doing more exercise. So as tips for GPs, then it's asking about physical activity when you have a consultation, for example, about type 2 diabetes, which we talked about before, or talking about their heart medication or doing their blood pressure. You can just ask them you know, how much physical activity they're doing because that's important. It will help lower your blood pressure. It'll help lower your cholesterol. It'll help improve your diabetic care. So just adding it into the consultation in the, from the history part, uh, not just you know, telling them, telling the, the patients that they should be doing more exercise. I, I think that always helps. Do you buy any exercise as a vital sign, measuring, getting physical activity estimates in every patient, ideally with the medical record? Yeah, I do buy that. I think that's uh, a really important thing to do. Again, not just because it's helpful for the GP to know, but it also brings the, the topic of conversation up and it, and it helps the patient realise that this actually is an important thing that the doctor is interested in. So I think physical activity as a vital sign is... Uh, is something that should be done and it is essential really. And Mike, as we sort of getting close to wrapping up this podcast, um, you do have practical issues in the conference which we've been alluding to. What is some little teaser for folks coming to the conference in June on the, the implementation side? Uh, on the, I mean, I think this is the key for me uh, as far as exercise medicine, increasing physical activity is concerned. We've got the research. We know that physical activity in Increasing physical activity improves chronic non-transmissible diseases hugely. We know that it's a huge problem uh, in society. What we haven't really sorted yet is how to implement increasing physical activity in the population. This is clearly the most difficult thing. So we have some great speakers coming to talk about uh, how they can do that. And uh, some, some very interesting speakers coming at it from different angles. So one of whom is going to be Amazon from Gladiators. Uh, she uh, was great on the TV and was a great gladiator, but she's also a, a dedicated GP working with children uh, in the East End of London, trying to teach them how to improve their physical activity. So I'm looking forward to her speaking, and we have some other innovative ideas from across the world. That's great, Mike, and you've highlighted plenty of things for various folks in our community to come to London in June. There's also some exciting original research. Yes, last but by no means least is the Halal and Harry's Prize. Uh, this is a prize for young doctors. Uh, you submit an abstract. Uh, six of the best abstracts are selected for presentation at the conference and one of the uh, keynote speakers will, will judge the winner. Last year this was um, very well subscribed to and we had uh, an excellent winner. Uh, the, the prize is becoming more and more prestigious as more and more people enter. So I'd encourage anybody who's got a, an abstract around exercise medicine to enter for the Halal and Harry's Prize. Thanks, Mike. Well, you've been advocating for doctors to have a big role in exercise medicine, obviously. Um, but you know, Donald McCauley is an outspoken advocate saying that we shouldn't medicalise uh, physical activity and he's written a blog about that and there's quite a bit of attention to that on Twitter to be honest. Some folks agreeing with him saying that it's a government thing, it's a public health thing with physical activity, it's transport, it's not a medical thing. And his argument is if you give doctors the responsibility then it allows other people to walk away and say well doctors should be fixing that. But, but you disagree? 
Yeah, I disagree fundamentally with Dormal on this particular occasion. Uh, I think doctors should be taking responsibility for increasing physical activity in the population that they look after. I think doctors have a fundamental role in uh, increasing the population's physical activity and I think doctors should be uh, in charge and running it and, and advising transport, advising public health, uh, advising governments. But this is clearly a, a medical matter. I think it is becoming more and more a medical issue and I think doctors should be in charge of that. You've been listening to Michael Loosemore and he's obviously a major authority on exercise medicine. He's highlighted in this call that what are often considered the socio-cultural determinants, the various disciplines that contribute to physical activity promotion are critical and we heard about the fact that mechanisms of physical activity working to promote health are being unraveled. We have heard that technology has an important role Clearly, the education curriculum needs to be changed both at the undergraduate level and among practicing doctors, CPD. And we're hearing that governments are aware that physical inactivity is a problem, but they're looking for solutions on implementation. And all these things will be discussed at the Exercise Medicine Conference in London at the Royal Society of Medicine on June 20 and 21. We've been focusing on doctors today, but clearly all health professionals have an important role to play. Thanks for listening to this BJSM podcast. You can follow for updates in sports medicine on BJSM Twitter account at BJSM underscore BMJ. Thanks for listening. Share the podcast and have a great active day.